This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Now, in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, Paul said, Let every soul, how many? Okay, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. I have to pause for a moment and point out that God is going to require you in your lifetime to be a subject in certain situations. You don't get to be in charge all the time. Now you have authority. We've talked about a lot of that on Thursday nights. And surely in the spirit you have authority and you have supreme and all kinds. But, but in this lifetime, if you're going to advance forward, you're going to have to learn how to be subject when it's time to be subject. Amen. But I want to go on here with this. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers for there is no power. Everyone say no power. But of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. If anybody thinks that they're bigger than God, well, they're fooling themselves. And anybody that's foolish enough to hear them is being fooled as well. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. In other words, if you resist being subject in, in a position that you should be subject in, you're actually not resisting that person. You're resisting God. Are you here? Now, I'm building a case here for honor, because if we're going to talk about honor, if you don't know how to be subject, you'll never know anything about honor. Amen. I needed a much better amen than that. And they that resist shall receive damnation. So I'm going to make an early statement that I only made late in the last service. The way you either recognize and receive honor or you don't recognize and receive honor is going to bring you a reward. And the reward will either be great or in this case, he says, if you resist, it'll be damnation. Now, we're in a society now where honor seems to be lost and it doesn't seem to be anything that anyone's interested in learning about. You know, children disobeying their parents, dishonoring their parents, employees dishonoring their bosses. If you can't honor the person you're working for, work somewhere else. Get a different job. But according to the Bible as a Christian, you don't have the option if you have a job to dishonor your boss. Oh, I'm going to, you're going to make me just stop right there and spend an hour before we get into the message. If I don't get a little more feedback, how dare you, how dare me accept a job with a place and have a boss and not, well, they're dishonorable, but listen, We're going to find out in a minute, you honor them for their position. You don't have to honor them. You don't have to agree with them, agree with their methods, agree with anything, but you honor them. You can honor them at least for their position. And if you can't, you need to work somewhere else. When I worked for the construction job all those years, I was working under a man. He was the, we we had a general contractor who built the house. Then you had subcontractors, which were like in our case, the house painters, and the subcontractors had people that worked under them. The subcontractor that I worked for actually hired me as an independent contractor. I got paid differently. I got paid like he did by the square foot, but he was still my boss. Now, there were things and times and moments where I didn't like what he said. I didn't like stuff, but I knew enough to honor him. Because I knew that if I honor him, eventually that honor would come back on me and I would receive a reward. Now, I'm letting some cats out of the bag real early here because some of you are going to say, well, you don't know this person. Yeah, but you got to understand this. There's no power but of God. Now, if you got a boss who's a bad boss, trust me, there's a boss above them and he's called God. 
So even if I, I'll honor them because they are over me, even if I, there's stuff I don't like, because I know if I do that, even if they don't put some honor back on me, God will. I didn't want to get into all that too early. Let's go to verse three. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good and you shall have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to do thee for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid. For he bears not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God. A revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. So we get, you know, our conduct is going to have a lot to do with those people that we submit to, whether we're going to be rewarded or not. But I want to just put that right there. Wherefore you must, everybody say must. You must needs be subject. Now, if you notice, he's already pointed this out twice. What Paul is trying to do, he's talking to the church at Rome. Now, they're in a very unusual position. Rome is in charge. Now, they have, Rome has given them some latitude. They have their synagogues. They have their religious leaders. But make no mistake about it, Rome was still over them at this time. But Paul was trying to teach them how they could be subject even to powers that maybe they wouldn't agree with. But, but if you do what you, is right, there is a method where God can still bless you. Are you hearing me? Now, I'm going to get back to the military in a minute. We're going to really get with the military. But I want to get this first set of scriptures in. Wherefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. In other words, I'm going to do the right thing. Even if you don't treat me right, I'm going to do the right thing because that's going to set well with me. I can go home at the end of the day and know I did the right thing. Even if you didn't react right, even if you didn't, even if you abused the honor I gave you, I'll at least sleep well tonight knowing I did the right thing. See, I, I get to control whether I have honor or not. I can have honor even if you don't have it. I can have honor even if I work for you and you don't have it. I'm going to maintain my honor. Are you listening to me? For this cause pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor is due. So again, I wanted to get this thought out about honor. Now I want to take a couple of minutes now and, and now let's, let's direct it towards our military men and women. Our nation... Our nation owes a debt to veterans that it's very clear we can never pay. How many of you have never served in the military? You are a civilian. Let me see your hands. So in this church, we're about maybe 60, 40 vets or maybe 50, 50 down the middle. I have never served in the military. I'm from this city, but I have been among military people my entire life. And I have watched them uh, and I've watched how the things that they've had to do that that in my life, I got to get up and do exactly what I was going to do, what I planned to do, my little scheduler. Pretty, pretty, I mean, my little schedule almost stays just, I can just do whatever I want to do. But I noticed that they've had their lives grossly interrupted. And I've watched over the years as they've gone to perform their duties in times of peace and in times of war. And, you know, right now we're still in times of uncertainty. We've still got men and women in harm's way in different places on this earth. Although it's not being mentioned much in the news, it's still happening even as we're in this room today. Now, I want to say this about honor right away. I've got all kinds of definitions. This is, a, this is an eight-part series that I'm trying to cram in to four and a half hours. <laughs> Praise God. And somehow make that be 45 minutes. Amen. Um. I want to read you honor. I wrote, I wrote this down. Honor manifests itself as a code of conduct and it has various elements such as valor, chivalry, honesty, and compassion. Honor is, is, you know, I heard someone say it this way, honor, the way that, that you can look at honor, honor is, is how you value something. If I honor someone or I honor you, it's because I see the value in you. I honor my wife. I honor her because I see her outside of God as the most valuable being in my entire life. Now, I want you to hear this. 
So I honor her. I do not dishonor her. How would you dishonor her? By the way I treat her. By the way I value her. By the way that I esteem her. By the way that I, that I, that I just, you know, uh, uh, make motion toward her. I mean, there's a, it, it's all tied up in that. But I honor my wife. Now, I've learned something about it, and I said it earlier, so I want to make the connection in this service that I didn't make in the last one until the end. I've learned that if I honor her the way that she deserves to be honored, there is a reward that comes with that honor. Are you hearing me? I said this morning, somebody said, well, how long have you been married? 38, now 38, almost 38 and a half years. All right, how, but how many years have you been happily married? Well, 38 and a half years. Well, you're just lying. You're just saying that. No, I'm not just saying that. We've been married 38 now plus years, 38 years in a month now. We've been married. Have we had moments of disagreement? Have we had moments where we've had, you know, uh, those marital spats that you have? Yes, but it's never gone more than a day. Do you hear what I'm saying? Never gone more than a day. Because I understand something. Of all the people in my life that are valuable... I recognize her value, and because she's valuable, I have to get right back into honor. I can't stay in dishonor against her. Are you hearing me? Now, let's get back over where the veterans are concerned. This great nation that has gone through so much and is going through a lot now needs a lot of prayer even now as we're in this room. Some great things are happening this week. Some weird things are happening this week. I got news for you. Great things and weird things are going to happen next week and next month. But thank God we still live in this country. Amen. Thank God for the men and women that have served. I, I, I try to every day remind myself when I put my head on my pillow at night, I am living in a house that I could never imagine, married to a woman I could never have imagined, living in a country that I could never have imagined. I came from as a poor little boy. I'm, I'm here. I get to go do what I want to do. I get to preach the gospel freely still. And I know none of that came coincidentally. It came at a great price. The men and women who serve in the military, when I get to get up and do whatever I want to do, but as you know, those of you that are vets, you are told what to do. And I saw the pictures here of, of them leaving their families and all the special days you miss and all the special events and all those moments that only come once. I mean, you don't get to go back to that labor room, but once you don't get to have that Christmas, that particular Christmas, but one time, all those things that we've seen over the years. And so what I look at my life is I value, the reason I have no trouble loving military men and women is because I value them. Because value and honor go hand in hand. I value them. I don't, I don't want to hear about, well, this soldier did this bad thing over here and that soldier did that bad thing. You know, everybody wants to get into all that kind of messy stuff. I, I don't even want to hear about that. Of course, human beings do human things. But what I do know is I get to live a life that I could only dream of because of men and women that have paid a great price. Amen. Everywhere I go, I will honor the veterans. When I woke up and I sent out my text this morning to a lot of my peers, a lot of my preacher friends, no offense, I'm not, I'm not judging them. Most of them were going to go in this morning and preach something about the election or something, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'm not doing it. Because this week belongs to the vets. At our house, we put the vets first place in here. Because I know something about soldiers. I know, I know something about them. When they put on that uniform and they're sent to go fight, they're not Democrats and Republicans. All that stuff is way back at the shoreline, man. When they head out that door, man, they've got one thought. I got a flag back here. And, I'm, and they're hoping and praying they've got a country back here that's praying for them and loves them and will, and will cherish them and celebrate them. If you honor someone, you celebrate them. And I, I said to Dr. Barkley, he said, what are you preaching on this morning? In my to my text to him, I said, sir, I'm preaching on honor and we're going to honor the best. He said, William, the thing I love about your church is you really get it. You really do love the best. I said, our church, faith, outreach, loves our military, period, <laughs> period. There's three or four reasons this church exists and I'm not a fool and I know what they are. Number one, we're here to preach faith and I'm going to preach it until I die. 
Number two, we are here to be a church of diversity for anybody and everybody to come in and feel welcomed and loved and accepted and celebrated. Amen. You know, our country's struggling and fighting and, you know, trying to, you know, if we can just get, you know, they're trying to get folks in diversity and leadership. We've been having it for 30 years over here. If you'd have come over here a long time ago, we could have helped you. And trust me, in this house, and there's a good possibility sitting on your row are both Democrats and Republicans right now in this house. They're in this church. We're all over the place in here, but man, more than that, we are believers in Jesus Christ. We are bought by the blood of Jesus. We are Americans. We love this country and we'll fight for it and we'll stand for it, whether we're Democrats or Republicans or anything else. We will stand up for our nation and our God. We'll stand up for it. We'll stand up for it because we honor. We honor. I see the value. When I was a young little boy, I didn't know anything about honor. My family didn't honor anybody for anything for any reason. They were dishonorable people. Man, they just were. And I was raised up in that confused mess. And, and I didn't even understand what honor was, but then I began to get a picture when I became a Christian. I thought, oh my God, when I look at these men and these women and I see them and I go into the stores and I, I see these, especially the young soldiers, you can tell when they're fresh, you know, they're E1s and 2s, you can just tell. Man, they got those little baby faces and they've just got their first buzz cut and, and you know, they don't even, I mean, you see them in there and man, my heart goes out to them and I begin to think about, you know, that's somebody's son, that's somebody daughter, somebody's daughter. My Lord, you know, I, I, I get to leave and do whatever I want to do. But man, they're, they're, the, the Bible says, by the way, in 2 Kings 3.21, read it from the message sometime. It basically says that if you are a soldier, you're called. You have a calling on your life. And whether it's a three-year call or a six-year call or a 30-year call, it makes no difference. While you're in, you are called. You're answering a call. It's divine. It's amazing. It's powerful. And, and, and you know, I, I, when you look at everything going on in our nation, somebody said, why... How can you be optimistic? I can be optimistic because of two reasons. Number one, because of our God, because he's on the throne. Nobody's moving him off the throne. He sits on the throne. And number two, I still have, I'm one of those people who has faith and confidence in enough of, people, of our people in this country that love God enough and love our nation enough that we're going we're gonna to work through. We're going to come through. We're going to the other side. Amen. Men and women come and go. They rise, they fall. They're here for a season. They're gone after that. But it's those lasting things. And honor is what makes things last. How do you make a marriage last in this crazy world we're in? Honor your spouse. I find all the reasons in the world. And the same way with this nation, I tell you what, I, I, I just love our military. So I want to make it plain today. I hope I'm making it plain today. I don't just feel this way when I'm in this house. You travel around with me, El Greco knows, you know, when they say, well, you know, they have me introduce El Greco, one of the first things I say, and this man is a retired military writer. He gave over 20 years of his life to the military. So I want to point it out to him that, and, and you know, so again, the value, and then I, I want to give, I, this, this, we're like scattering in this one. The last one I had to be kind of, only had 24 minutes to get out a whole message. And it was kind of hard to get it all in, but I somehow got the bulk of it in. I want to tell the story now because, <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry, I, I might need some water in a minute. <clears throat> I'm so passionate. Amen. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't apologize for being passionate. Amen. Praise God. The Titanic, everybody's heard the story. I meant to have this lady's name because it's a true story. She was one of the, when the Titanic began to sink after it hit the icebergs and it began to sink, it had already began to have its tilt. Now, it wasn't at the, its dramatic moment where it was going under like right away, but it was beginning to go under and they had began to get the women and children. As we all know, they didn't have enough lifeboats on that uh, ship. They were trying to get the women and children and usher them to the lifeboats that they had. And this one particular woman, uh, most of you know this, that not everybody, but there was a bulk of very, very wealthy people on that boat. 
It was a big deal, you know, to be on that boat. And they, they had a part of it that was super expensive. The cabins were beautiful and unique and all. And there were some millionaires, I mean, multi-millionaires. This is back in the early 1900s. And, uh, and I mean, that's a lot of money anytime. But that's a lot of money then. And this one particular woman, they got her to the lifeboat as the ship was beginning to tilt and they were scrambling to get as many women and children as they could. And when they got her into the boat, she jumped up and said, let me out, let me out, let me out. And they said, no, ma'am, no, 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 please. And she jumped out and was able to climb back up. She ran back and made it to her cabin in, and she went in there. Now she had put in her safe jewels. She was known to have extravagant jewelry. She had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of jewelry. And she ran in there and the people that knew her assumed she's going to get all that jewelry and bring it back in here with her. But they were absolutely wrong because she ran into her cabin and she remembered that morning when she went to breakfast that she had taken back three oranges And she got those three oranges. She didn't even look at that jewelry. She didn't try to, she brushed that aside and she got her three oranges. She ran back and got in that boat just in time because she knew at that moment, the most valuable thing in her life was not those jewelry, was not that jewelry, was those three oranges. Suddenly those oranges had a lot more honor and a lot more value on them than all of those thousands of dollars of jewelry. And let me tell you, every one of you that are civilians, let me tell you, you may not think the military matters today. You may not think about them when you wake up in the morning. You may not think about them when they go to sleep at night. But you let one bomb explode over your city and find out what's really important. Find out what's really valuable. Find out what's really honorable in your life. Can you shout amen? Can you see the way honor works? It's tied to value. It's tied to what you esteem. It's tied to how you view it. Amen. Amen. There are certain people in your life that you should honor. And and when you see those people do everything, how do you honor them? The word, of course, in the Greek we've talked about the last couple years is the word eulogia. One of the words for honor is eulogia. It means to bless with the mouth. Well, one way you honor somebody, my Lord, you got to tell them. If you love somebody, you tell them you love. Well, they just know. No, they don't just know. I tell my wife all the time, man, you're beautiful. Man, you're beautiful. I love you. I honor See, what I'm doing. And the reason we have these moments in America is I don't want to stand over somebody's uh, Beth's grave and talk about how wonderful they were. I want to tell you right now to your face, if you are a Beth, you matter. Your sacrifice is, is accounted for. We recognize you today. You are a hero. I want to give your eulogy while you're here to hear it. For all those times that you went and you went off to, to the field or you went off to school or you went off on a maneuver or you, were, you went off to war and I was, you know, playing golf or sitting at a restaurant eating a nice meal. Are you hearing me? It's all about how you value something. It's about how you esteem something. And when you value something, it gets a certain rank in your life. It gets a certain position in your life. It's not just something that's swept to the side and you pull it out once a year. A couple, three years ago, I'm not going to say much, but we had somebody, well, you didn't do much for the military and they were mouthy about it to me and all. I said, let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing. We don't just recognize the military on two or three days out of the year. Honestly, if you come to our church, you're going you're to understand that we honor the military every single time we walk in the doors. Maybe we don't have a video and maybe I don't get to preach every message. But I know that you that are vets know when you come to this house, you're honored every time you walk in the door. Can you shout amen? Honors mentioned over 175 times in the Bible. God puts a huge premium on honor. The fifth commandment is this. Honor your father and mother. Listen to me, young people. You're not dismissed of this because you got to be 18. If that's true, then quit asking them for money after you get to be 18. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what your parents have been thinking. Listen to this again. Fifth commandment, honor children. It says in Ephesians 6, honor your father and mother. Listen, listen, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. That's what the Bible says. 
Every time you snap at your mom and dad, every time you cuss them, fuss at them, put them down, sarcastically, snidely, brush them to the sides, I got a feeling some time just got cut off your clock. Anybody in here? Now, now we're cooking, aren't we? We got some vittles on right now. Somebody last week brought me some fresh turnip greens, praise God. And we had them this week, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Something's cooking this morning. Are you listening to me? God puts a big premium on honor. He puts a big premium on honor. Now, there are three classifications of people that we should always honor. And, and we should, we, you, you have to identify who they are in your life. Number one, we talked about in Romans 13, you honor those that are above you. Now, you don't have to like them to honor them, but you honor them because they are above you. I said it this morning, those of you in the military, I mean, you know, the captain knows, you know, when the major walks in, he may not like the major or she may not like the major, but when the major walks in, guess what the captain going to do? Going to give a little honor around here, right? When the major's there and the colonel walks in, what's going to happen? Well, I tell you what, that major is going to give a little honor to that colonel, even if he don't like he or she does not like him or it doesn't matter. And if that colonel doesn't like when the four, four bird, the full bird, uh, when the general walks in, rather, when the general walks in there, when the four star general walks in, let me tell you something. Everybody's given honor. And I said it earlier, even, even in this message, when you work for someone, honor your employer. How do I do that? Well, first of all, I show up. That'd be a nice start. Number two, I show up on time. That would be amazing. I mean, telling them that you couldn't get there because you got stuck in traffic when you were on social media for an hour and a half and playing video games before you went to work, that's going to have to stop if you're going to get honor. Don't shout me down now because we're getting into some stuff. You show up, you show up on time, and then you work like a real employee. We have a, this personal, I don't care what anybody else does. I used to work with a bunch of goofballs, man. When I was out there on the construction site, anybody that'd pull up there out there in the car would say, can you give me a job? Well, we had a lot of work going on and we didn't have enough workers. And so my boss would say, well, yeah, here, hey, I'm going to put this guy with you today. And I think, oh, Jesus, God in heaven, what are you doing? What are you doing to me? And uh, he would throw some guy out there with me and he'd be some jack leg. I don't even know what a jack leg is. All right, I don't have to say anymore. <laughs> I don't have to say anymore. Some jack leg, man, he'd throw him out there me. I know we got a deadline. We got to paint this house. I got to bust my tail. I don't have time for any nonsense. And I got this jack leg over here at work with me. But I thought, you know, I don't care whether, whether he does or doesn't do what he's doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, when I'm done, I'm going home and I'm going to know that I put in an honorable day's work. Amen. So you honor people that are above you. You honor them even if they aren't honorable. Again, remember you honor them because God is looking at the way you honor. And then the second part is you honor people among you. My God, we've got to get better at this. We've got to get better that when we're around each other that we honor each other better. Man, that we honor each other by esteeming each other. Hey, let me get that door for you. Hey, can I get that over here? Let me just, how, what's going on in your life? Hey, man, is there anything I can do to help you? You know what? i tell you what. And, I, and of course, like I said this morning, women do this all. They honor. Well, I mean, I know they got some girlfriends talking in the back room. But, but, but the most part, women say, oh, girlfriend, I tell you what, those shoes, whoo, that just goes so good. And those earrings, praise God. We guys take an hour and a half to do all this. We don't get anybody to even say, hey, that looks nice on you. <laughs> and we guys are real tentative about, you know, giving each other compliments because somebody might think something, you know. So <laughs> we, we got that machoism going on. So we, we shy back a little bit. But if you honor each other, you know, and, and honor among ourselves and honor among God's people. You're my brother. You're my sister. You know, you know, uh, uh, Russ Taft, who we had up here about a year and a half ago, had that song. You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Right. I mean, so we're, we're, we're in this thing together. We're all we may be coming from different directions. We may be coming from different perspectives. We may be coming. Like I said this morning, man, I'm telling you what, if you're trying to figure out what Tennessee's about when you come to this church, you have to look at me. I'm the only example. Everybody else from everywhere else. Hi, y'all. I throw that in just to make you feel like you're in Tennessee. Amen. 
But we need to honor one another. We come from different places. We come from different backgrounds. We have different perspectives. Just because you don't see things the same way as another person, quit saying that they're seeing it wrong. I mean, well, but they're just wrong. Okay, but, but, but you haven't lived their lives. You haven't done what Joe South said on Capitol Records in 1969. You haven't walked a mile in their shoes yet. You know, three minutes and 24 seconds. Amen. Now, I'm just showing off a little just to get you back in the game here. But let's get back to, the, to what we're saying here. You honor those that are above you. You honor those that are among you. And then there's a, another kind of honor that is astounding that I think tugs at the heart of God more than anything is when you honor people below you. When you know that person doesn't have your education and you know that person doesn't have your, your background and you know that person maybe has a record or has done some bad things, but somehow or another you take a piece of God and the honor you have and you try to, to put a little on them so that maybe you can lift them up rather than judging them, putting them down. It's an amazing thing. It's a powerful thing. It, and let me tell you what, God gets involved in these kind of things. God shows up when we start when we start honoring, God shows up. He's in our midst when we get a concept of what honor is and we learn to do it. And, we t and here's, here's another thing about honor. It's going to take some time. That's why most people don't honor anybody. They're, they're so much into themselves. They don't take the time to honor anyone else. When I'm in the presence of my pastor, who is Dr. Barkley, I honor him in every way. And one of the ways, you know, one of the words honor now, you guys did this for us last month. You're phenomenal, amazing, incredible, over the top. And there's a million words I can't even think of that I could say. You know, we honor him. Surely we give him an offering. But the greatest thing I do is I honor him by recognizing that he's a gift in my life. This man is a gift that God has sent to my life. The last thing I'd want to do is dishonor him because... Oh, Lord Jesus. Go over. This is not in my notes. Or maybe it is in my notes. I'm not even on my notes. Praise God. Go to, uh, 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 give me just a minute. I'll find it. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, no, that's not what I want. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Everybody say honor. honor. <clears throat> uh, is it Mark chapter 4, Lord? Just, just bear with me because I'm looking for something. Oh, look, Mark chapter 6. Excuse me, Mark chapter 6. Everybody upstairs is going, now what's he doing? Mark chapter 6. And Jesus went out from thence and he came into his own country. Everybody say his own country. And his disciples followed him. Now he's going, he's been out on the road. And he's finally coming home. So if you've been out, some of you soldiers know this. When you've been gone, you've been away, now you're coming home. You can't wait to get home. Why? Because you are, there's an expectancy that there's people there that are going to love on you and honor you and welcome you and cheer for you and console you and support you. So Jesus is coming home in verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence is this man, these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought of his hands? Most of the people inside the synagogue were actually religious leaders, not just attendees. So he's in there teaching these people that should know what the word says, at least from the Old Testament perspective. He begins to teach, and notice what they do. They immediately begin to criticize him. Who does he think he is? What's, who does he think he is to come in here and tell me anything? Can you hear the dishonor? Look at verse 3. Is not this the carpenter? Oh, notice now, they're even going to put him in a category. What is it? Who is he to tell me anything? He's nothing but a carpenter. I am an expert. I am a Pharisee. I am a Sadducee. I know the law. I know the word. And who is he? To, he's nothing but a table maker. And he's in here trying to tell me something about what God says. Be careful that you dismiss people that seem to be on a lower level than you. God disguises himself. God disguises himself. Jesus was born out there in a manger. He wasn't born, you know, where in, a, in a, the most serene place. Notice this. And then they go a step further. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? You know, little old Mary. She was nobody. The, the brother of James and Joseph. They're a couple of fishermen, but so what? You know, 
and are not his sisters here with us because Jesus had brothers and sisters and that's another sermon for another time. But they're saying basically, who is he to say anything to us? Who is he to try to teach us anything? They were dishonoring him. Now I want to show you something really important here. You're not, you're not going to see this coming. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without what? Without what? Without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and his own house. Now let's stop there for a minute. So Jesus said, you know, it shouldn't be, it should be the opposite. It should be when you come home that you get welcomed, that you get esteemed, that you get honored, that you get loved on, that you get appreciated, that you get elevated. But he said the sad truth is most people don't know enough about honor and they don't know who to honor and how to honor. So what happens generally is the ones who need honor the most don't really get it. Now, Ginger, Pastor Ginger made reference to Vietnam. We all know how the Vietnam vets, and maybe anybody in here is a Vietnam vet? We might have one or two in here. I don't know. I know we usually do. But if, everybody knows the Vietnam vets, when they came home, they got spat upon. They got ridiculed. They got cursed. They got every kind of thing. And we still have some of that happening in our country today, by the way towards our military. This is, not a, this is not a political issue. This is a us issue. In America, it should never be that way. When a soldier comes home, it should never be that way. But I'm going to show you something that you're not expecting in the next verse because we're not stopped reading yet. So they didn't honor him. They dishonored him. And what happened? And he could there do no mighty work except he healed a few people of, of some minor illnesses, it says. Their dishonor stopped the power of God. Are you hearing me? When you don't give honor in a place where you should give it, you are stopping the power of God in your life. I don't know why you're not shouting, groaning, gnashing at teeth in the floor at yourself or something. Because this is pretty big stuff right here. I'd say that's pretty serious. Folks, we're talking about Jesus, the son of God who healed them all, raised the dead, cast out devils, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, cripples getting up and running and throwing their crutches away because they would not recognize the, the honor and honor him, recognize when to give honor. It reduced his power down to something minuscule. Why is it that the body of Christ is not seeing the breakthroughs and we're not seeing our prayers answered and we're not getting things to happen like we should? Well, maybe we need to check out if we're really giving honor where honor is due. Now, I, I have done everything I can to make myself apolitical for forever. And I'm going to try to make this as apolitical and clean it up as much as I can. If... Mr. Biden becomes president. He will give my prayers every single day that I am alive. I have prayed for every president. And the only reason I say if is because you have to have an inauguration. That's two months away. President Trump has gotten my prayers every day. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter. I don't. It doesn't matter. I understand a principle called honor. I am going to honor my leaders. I'm going to honor the military. I'm going to honor my pastor. I'm going to honor my wife. I'm going to honor you as much as I possibly can. And I'm going to try to find some people that have never been honored for anything and try to get a little honor on them to lift them up. I'm going to try. And I have, a, I have a firm belief that if I do, I won't be one of those people where Jesus could do no mighty acts for him except just some few minor things. I want to be one of the ones where he can do anything, move any mountain. Whew. Lord Jesus, help me, Lord. I got so much stuff up here. And, and one of the last things I'll say as we begin to wind down a little is, what is the problem the problem is, if you don't have honor, you won't recognize it. If you're not an honorable person, you won't even recognize honor and you won't honor people. So the first thing we got to do is do a serious and honest evaluation of self. 
Have I been dishonorable to my parents? Listen, if you're blessed enough to have any of your parents alive, you ought to leave here today and go make a phone call or something. And quit. Well, when I was a little girl, they did this. My, okay, I understand all that. But you're, listen, that, that has nothing to do with your honor. It may have everything to do, do with their honor, but I'm telling you, it has a lot. It has to do with your honor. My father was a filthy, evil, dark, dirty, sinister man. He cut himself off my life for 20 years, and I didn't even know. He didn't even know where I was. I didn't know where he was because he didn't want it. He didn't want anything to do, and that was fine. But as, when he got sick down the line and he told me he was dying two weeks before he died, he called me after 20 years and said, I'm dying. And he said, I just want to tell you, I know I was a lousy father and all that. I said, you know what? Don't even worry about that. I said, man, it doesn't even matter. I said, listen, I'm good. I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I'm doing well. I want you to know I forgive you. I just I only have one question for you. Do you know the Lord? Because it sounds like you're dying. He said, I am. I said, all right. I just, that's all I care about. Now, I could have been bitter and mean and evil, like I'm not taking your call. I don't care if you go to hell, but I do care. I went and stood by his casket. Some of you might remember a few that have been around here a long time. I stood by his casket for eight hours as they had the viewing. Some of the other family members that I hadn't seen in forever, they came and they knew I was his. By the way, as most of you know, I was his only child and his only son who never had anything to do with. Meaning, and I don't mean I'm the only one he didn't have anything to do with. I was his only one, period. But I stood there like a faithful son, like he was the best father in the world. I shook hands with people. I greeted them. Thank you for coming. You know, whatever, whatever. Listen, I, I, I am not going to, I'm not going to get into dishonor. I'm going to keep my honor. It's not about whether he had any honor or not, but I get to decide whether I get to keep my honor or not. And I'm keeping my honor. I'm going to have some honor. But I've noticed that people that don't have honor won't recognize honor. That's why they'll take things for granted and they'll assume things and treat people any way they want to treat them. And man, I'm telling you what, God is, God is, you know, we got to get this stuff fixed. Can you say amen? Um, Hebrews 11 and 6, you know the scripture, don't turn there. They that come to God must believe that he is, that he is God. And if you don't think that that's still a question being circulated in society, you're not listening. There are people that have an absolute plan. It's a plan. It's not an accident to try to destroy Christianity in our nation. It started 240 years ago, or however many years it's been now. So it's not that it's anything new. It's been going on. The devil hates this nation. He hates it because we have some honor here. We... I, there's been a lot of dishonorable people, but there's been a lot of honorable people. And we've had men and women die by the hundreds of thousands and give their blood that never got to go home and raise families, most of them, just so we could, I can stand here today and preach freely. But you've got, we got to hold on to one thing. God is God. And by the way, God is like, this book is an honorable book. This book is a book of honor. It is about a God that keeps his word, about a God that's not a liar, about a God that had so much honor that he gave up his son just for the likes of me and of you. Amen. So Hebrews 11, 6 says, must believe that he is and must believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So there's something I, I, I want to, as I'm tying up the knot on this, so to speak, of this message, I want to take you back to the thought of how honor and reward go hand in hand. That the more you learn to honor the people in your life that deserve your honor, the more you're going to open up yourself for the rewards of this life and the rewards from heaven. Amen? Folks, listen, I know I don't deserve probably anything I've got. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I've worked hard. You know, the two of us together in the workforce, together, collectively, have worked 99 years of our lives. That's how many years she's worked a certain amount of years of that 99. I've worked a certain amount of years. We worked really, we're hardworking people. We come from, we're cut from the old cloth. You get up, you get out of that bed, and you go to work. And it doesn't matter if you don't feel good, you don't feel good. It doesn't matter what's going on outside, not going on outside. You go to work, 
you check in, you give as good a day's work as you can, and you go home. And that's the way, that's the cloth we got cut out of. Right there. Amen. And so some of the things we have, yes, we've worked hard. We've given a lot of money. We've been faithful to God, blah, 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 blah. But I, you know, that, by the way, the Bible really calls most of that your reasonable service. So it's not anything heroic in that. But I, I do know one of the reasons that we are in the reward season that we are in is because we've done our very best to try to be honorable people and to honor people. When people come and try to put a lot of honor on me for stuff, I do my best to deflect it on to other people. I don't, I don't need all of that puffing up. I don't need all of that adoration. I don't need all of that. I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. Praise God for it. But listen, I'm not kidding anybody here. I, it's all about God. And I've been blessed to be around some honorable people. I am blessed to live. I want to say this, and I want you to hear it clearly, and anybody watching who's, who's ever, who, who is here or ever been here, because I want to tell you one thing. There's never been anybody that's ever been in this church that's not here anymore that's been any more honorable than this woman sitting on the front row. Amen. There's been some who thought they were. If you only knew the whole story, you'd realize they weren't even on the same level. I've been blessed to be married to an honorable woman. I've been blessed to be in a country where I've had men and women put on a uniform who would, most of these men and women, of course, 99.99% of them will never see me, will never meet me. I'll never know them. I'll never be able to hug them and tell them and love on them because they're scattered all over the world. But don't you think I know that I didn't get here without all of that help? Folks, we got to learn how to maintain some honor and keep it. Can you shout amen? Amen. Final scriptures, go to Proverbs chapter 3. Man, I didn't even get into all this other stuff here, but it's all right. Jesus is Lord anyway. Proverbs chapter 3. Praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen. If you love the Lord, shout amen. amen. Now, let's talk about, as we close, that we are to honor. Okay, so we honor the people over us. We honor the people among us. We honor the people even below us as much as we can help them. We honor our veterans, which is the huge thrust of today. Amen. But let's go back to the most important of all. We have to honor God. I have to honor God. I have to understand. I have told people that I'm a Christian. I've made that a public of public knowledge and record. By doing that, I have to understand then they're going to see God by looking at me. And if I do a bunch of crazy, dishonorable things all over the place, guess what that's going to do? It's not only going to bring dishonor to me, it brings dishonor to him. Now, in these passages, they're very well known. And they're going to talk about money, but I don't want you to hear them in money terms. I want you to hear them in a different way. Proverbs 3, let's just start at verse 5 because they're such great verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. Such wisdom in this. That's why it's called the book of wisdom, Proverbs. In all your ways, how many? All. all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. See, all these people are trying to get into intellectualism and all these crazy theories out there. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That's how you know you're really fearing the Lord because you're, you're afraid to sin. Well, I think I'll just say that again. One way that you know you actually fear the Lord is you're afraid to sin. If you do these things, look at verse 8. What's going to happen? It will be health to your navel. It uses the word navel. Obviously, it's talking to your body. And marrow to your bones. That's like fluid. That's healthy stuff flowing through you. Right? But look at verse 9. What's the first word you see there? Shout it. Shout it one more time. Now he's going to talk about money, but I want you to think of it in bigger terms. Honor in a different way. Honor the Lord with your substance. That could be money, of course, with the first fruits of all your increase. He's really saying here, honor God first. Make sure God's always for honor God first. 
What's going to happen if I honor God first? Verse 10. So shall your barns be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled with plenty. I preached a whole series out of that. Remember one time? With plenty. Everybody say plenty. Not any, plenty. I've been filled with not any before many times. But plenty, plenty of suits, plenty of ties, plenty of purses, ladies, plenty of shoes, plenty of jewelry, or plenty of jewelry. I guess I get the English proper way to say it. Amen. And your presses will burst out with new wine. That's the metaphor. Is, is any, anything you put forth your hand to do, it's going to break out and just all new things are going to spring out left and right. All of that starts with honor. If you honor the Lord, it says. I want to say once again, how much we love and appreciate the vets. I'm not, I, I can't say it enough. I can't underscore it enough. I can't, I can't. You know, there's no way that I can probably communicate it. It is not something that's being said, uh, you know, casually. I'm saying it with great earnestness. Please pray for our military men and women. When you get a chance to say thank you to a vet, it really does matter. Say thank you. If you get a chance to do something good for a vet, please Take that opportunity. It might just be a, a, a pat on the back, but it might be a meal. You know, I love seeing when I see our soldiers eating out and, you know, you can identify them, of course, when the fatigues, you know, but, but I mean, you can usually you just tell, you know, I love when I'm able and I haven't been able to all my life and I'm not always able, but when I'm able to pick up their tab, I love saying, give me their, give me their tab over there, man. Cause I know this much, they may not know it, but they've picked up my tab many times. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at adoseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.